Drink actually, fuck it. Yeah, acid, acid rain. Um, what do you want? I mean, do you want more absinthe, scotch? Absinthe. Yeah, all right. Good. Hold on. Um, I couldn't get the one to loosh properly, so I'll get the other one. <laughs> okay. This is this is trash future, the nineteenth-century philosophy podcast where everyone drinks absinthe for two hours. This is this is su- this is such a great intro, and it's very well structured. We're still socialists. We're very, we're very good at audio. <laughs> so, welcome, fellow Bitcoin investors. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is now an alt-right podcast that's funded Thank you. by Bitcoin. I did I did actually invest in Bitcoin. Right. A small amount of Bitcoin. What convinced... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. About, about how to start your uh, nootropic health product business using only uh, a, a white supremacy, Bitcoin, and a, and a can-do attitude. So, what I'm trying to figure out is... In the past kind of couple of weeks, everyone has started talking about Bitcoin for some uh-huh. reason, despite the fact that everyone who was extremely or even moderately online has known about it for years. Yeah. Um, and it became so absurd that when I was taking the tube the other day, there was a bunch of like mums who were trying to convince other mums to buy Bitcoin. So I'm trying to figure out how did this happen? Why is everyone now investing into Bitcoin? And at what point does Soylent become a currency? <laughs> Soylent becomes a currency maybe when like, like they like like people who earn under the poverty threshold are just monetized and right. then repurposed. <laughs> They'll be on the Gal Gadot scholarship. Uh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, just, I don't want to exterminate the poor. I just want to move them into the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, how how did this happen? And why is why is everyone now investing into Bitcoin? Considering that even from like an outsider who doesn't have brain genius, mm-hmm. not um, like us, of course. Who, 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 <laughs> as an outsider who is not a brain genius, like not very it, it, online, it doesn't it doesn't look like this is particularly stable, and it looks like a perfect recipe. No, for like but a did you not say, see, yeah, Macathy's the maths means that it can't crash. Did you see that tweet? No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, this is impossible. Actually, it's going to go up forever it's, until uh, it's never going to go down. Is this like the same? Yeah. Is this like the same kind of math? No, like, definitely, definitely not something that was ever said in say 1928. No, it's completely <laughs> different. Is this the kind of math that Nicholas Nassim Taleb yeah. does when he goes to the gym? Mm-hmm. And he like harasses women on treadmills. What's this? So oh, yeah, <laughs> isn't Nicholas Nassim Taleb the famous inventor of the black swan? Like, isn't he like kind of an alt right like dipshit? Yeah. But so what? Hey. So Nicholas Nassim Taleb, after the U.S. election, he was trying to prove that more manly, like the more masculine you are, the more likely you were to vote for Trump because oh, he's. Oh, uh, how did he quantify masculinity? Did he, he measure biceps? He, he's the kind of guy who will see um, an image drawn by our favorite anime artist Ben Garrison. Uh-huh. Have race. you all seen the Antifa porn? Uh, no, no. The gay Antifa porn. No, the only porn that I've seen oh. this uh, week is the Zootopia I... comic. <laughs> Here, I found it. Oh, that's not it. There. You've oh, liked it. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. So this was from a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. It just, okay. You just made me think of it. Okay, I thought that this was something new. No, I'm sorry. So for listeners who haven't seen the, an- the, the sexy Antifa stuff, um, the first panel... But there's a it, whole... There's more of them. The cartoonist does a whole series. Oh, my God. Oh, my there's, God. There's an actual manga. Yeah. Oh, I've seen this. I like yeah. the guys kissing through the balaclavas and also the bulges like, at the front. They all have huge muscles and giant dicks. Right. So I remember this being posted and like obviously all the teams <laughs> were just like, yeah, this is actually good or like this, but unironically and then tag yourself. And then some people were tagging themselves as like the black and white guy with alt-right haircuts who are making out. Mm-hmm. Some people are tagged themselves as a the teacher but saying that the teacher had a boner in the second, uh, of uh, course, second panel, obviously. as you do around it's, young people. The people making out in the balaclava is back right at the best. So anyway, the Nicholas Nassim Taleb story. Yes. Before we got, didn't definitely didn't get before we, you know, before we like introduce ourselves or you know be competent. Right. Right. The Nicholas Nassim Taleb story is one where he got horny over seeing Donald Trump 
an image of Donald Trump with like muscles and pecs and stuff. So he went to the gym. Wait, what? <laughs> this is what, Im- what image was this? <laughs> the Ben Garrison image. Did, oh, did did Donald Trump used to be ripped? No, he's no, never Don- been. Ripped. Oh, is it, is it is it an anime? Yeah, as in Ben oh. Garrison, our fa- our favorite anime artist. Ben Garrison okay. does hentai of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicholas Nassim Taleb went Sorry, to the yeah, gym. Don- Donald Trump Vegeta hybrid. <laughs> Nicholas Nassim Taleb went to the gym and asked people <laughs> he harassed women on treadmills to you know did you vote for donald trump and then he went upstairs to where the men were lifting <laughs> weights and he asked the same question <laughs> and he used this very accurate sample and good mm. maths brain genius wow. formula to derive a theory <laughs> that said that if you were if you had more testosterone then you would more likely to vote for Donald Trump. And if you look at, like, I think the tweet is still there, but if you look at the mentions, everyone's just like, you're a fucking idiot. And, like, yeah. you know, like, this isn't even, like, a sample. This isn't how, like, stop harassing women on treadmills. <laughs> Nicholas Nassim Taleb is such a brain genius that he's actually already investing in Bitcoin at $250,000. He can I see mean, that far into the future. Um, but, so, yeah, so Nicholas yeah. Nassim Taleb basically... Nothing can go wrong. Yes, Nicholas Nassim Taleb, Invests in Bitcoin, wanks off to Ben Garrison anime, and gets mad online. What does? What's his job? Uh, public intellectual <laughs> stuff is going to fall apart. That's like I saw a tweet earlier that after um, someone was said that John Rentoul actually was making sense that Corbyn's whole like speech was like uh... utter gibberish, but it was like a quote unquote public intellectual, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, public intellectuals should be executed. <laughs> Like, yeah, maybe John Paul Rental, Pop was right. John Rental is not a public intellectual. Before, before He's something we, else. Before we go into talking about um, Nosferatu melt, um, Jonathan <laughs> Rental, uh, shall we introduce who the fuck we are? Okay. Um, this is uh, Trash Future, the podcast about how the future is trash, a podcast about inequality, technology, and socialism. I am Riley. You can find me on Twitter at Raleigh. Uh, once again, Milo Edwards coming at you live from the dang bowl uh, <laughs> at Milo <laughs> underscore Edwards on Twitter. Uh, or you can find me uh, d- deep in My Moscow. My name is Hussein Kizbani, and I'm here to say that means testing's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I'm Abby Wilkinson. I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you can follow us at Trash Future Pod, where, which is an account that I, Riley, control. I promise I don't just retweet With myself an from fist. it. <laughs> you, can also follow, you can also follow our alt, which is at ASI. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, S8MB. <laughs> or, you can, or you can follow our what other alt, ASI? which is at uh, King of Last Week, who is a social media... <laughs> Jupiterian oh, social media branch. Is he so, hey, so how is he? Is he what's going on with him? He went him? dark. Oh, no. Uh, no so, um, oh, man. <laughs> he went zero dark 30. Has he been dropped into the sea? <laughs> no, he, he went tactical. <laughs> no, the, this, this very, this beautiful mind tweeted at us last week um, <laughs> that his social media strategy was too complex to be explained within a tweet thread. Which is a, a theoretically limitless medium. Um, it involves blocking anyone who tries to follow him. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> no, Jupiter. Yeah. I mean, he is truly playing 14th dimensional chess. I, I genuinely found him very endearing. I thought he was nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. nice is interesting. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the invitation's always open because I really Look. need to kind of fix up my social media strategy. I, 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 have, a lot of, I have a lot of um, kind of um, affection for my social media trolls, like certain <laughs> persistent ones. I feel like we have what? now two sort of people who have a permanent invitation to come on to the show. Uh-huh. One is King of Last Week, as we've discussed, the um, interesting person yeah. who has been responding to our show <laughs> tweets. And the second is the Zoom. My Zoon favorite user. King. Who of... is about, I don't know what that means. Oh yeah, the Microsoft Zoom, their competitor with the iPhone that lasted for like two years. Someone who I is using a Microsoft Zoom okay. is listening to our show. Okay. And <laughs> is there anyone who uses a Creative Zen? That's what I really <laughs> want. <laughs> the Holy Grail. 
Look, right now, the uh, Zune is the only one I know who listens to every show, and I want them to come <laughs> on so badly. Guys, we have some like mad yeah. content to get to. Shall There's we get so to the content? Wait, so hang on. Going, so going back time. to King of Last Week for one second. My favorite King of Last Week <laughs> was when I accused him of being mad online. He was like, no, I'm not mad online. And I was like, you still seem to be mad online. And then he tried to prove that he wasn't mad online by explaining Estonian folklore at great lengths. And I was like, well, that's one way. <laughs> the Estonian folklore thing. He accused me of not really knowing much about Estonian people, which is true. <laughs> the Estonian folklore. That was, I just, do you think he was, he was really an Estonian folklore expert? Well, no, because an Estonian folklore expert logged on and told him he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good, actually. Guys, we have content. Okay. okay. Shall we content? Okay, do you want to start with um, Jay Shetty or yes, um, because Gal Gadot? So oh. our recording, so we did a bunch of riffs on Jay back in the days, back in the early old school trash future, mm -hmm. pre-Abbey. But yeah. like on the lost episode. Yeah. Two weeks ago. The, the <laughs> app that was lost. <laughs> uh, but Riley, com, uh Brackets, good at audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lost it. So, uh, so this will be Jay's second sort of appearance. Jay's okay. second appearance. Well, Jay's second appearance in our hearts is first appearance in our <laughs> listeners' hearts. Yes. So anyway, you, so what 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 Jay, did Jay do? Well, Jay week? Shetty, um, who I think is going to be a a quote friend unquote of the show for a while <laughs> because he is it, it, the best way to describe him is an inspirational business dullard um it was a former monk urban monk urban monk What's urban sorry monk? an urban monk um who <laughs> then, sounds like a bar in fucking Hampstead. <laughs> who then went on to become just work with ariana huffington in some undisclosed capacity but whose Twitter presence is largely about telling people that they can do it and their attitude matters most and one person can change the world as though organizing doesn't matter and power and control over resources that was isn't also, the thing. That was also the strap line for the Pokemon second movie. Um, and I'm going to, and I'm actually going to do this this time. I'm going to cut in the Jay Shetty video uh, about how we turned out a million dollars. You're probably thinking, who in the world says no to one million dollars, right? It might have been more, it might have been less, but either way, it was a lot of money, and I said no. So if you stick around, I'm gonna let you decide whether you think I made the right decision or not. Ready? I am ready. It's a true story. So this lady calls me up. She sounds high profile, connected. She sounds like she knows what she's talking about. And she says to me, I love your videos, Jay. I love the energy you're putting out there. And then I'm like, thank you so much. And then she said, I think I have something you'd really be interested in. We want you to host a series all about winning, all about success. It's to get people to gamble. It's all about instant betting these days. And I'm thinking to myself, and why me? Because people listen to you. You can persuade them because they trust you. How much money would it take for you to do something that you really don't want to do. Something that you don't believe in. Something that your values and ethics are not aligned with it. How much would it take? A hundred dollars? A hundred thousand dollars? A million dollars? I'm glad I stuck to my principles in this event because I want to share what I learned from it. The first one is... I'm so excited to hear what Miley says in the bits where it cuts out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was Jay Shetty talking about how he turned down a million dollars same um yeah no we've all turned out a million dollars off uh to appear in a gambling yeah. website's video because he has his values but i want to inform everyone here that uh two tweets earlier absolute honor meeting mike milken and being interviewed by james morgan in front of 100 young leaders Mwah. Okay, now, for any listeners who don't know who Mike Milken is, and I'll, before I describe who Mike Milken is, I'll remind you that Jay Shetty just turned down a million dollars from a gambling website because it compromised his principles. Oh, yeah. No, my favorite thing about the, the turning down a million dollars video, right, is that he says, okay, so I turned down a million dollars. All right, not necessarily a million dollars. It might have been more. It might have been less. Brackets, it was less. Like, <laughs> it was not. Like, sure, if it was more, you would have said more. It was clearly a lot less. <laughs> so, um... For those of you who are listening who don't know, Mike Milken literally invented junk bonds. 
and destroyed the United States economy in the 1980s, spent several years in prison for securities fraud. (laughs) (laughs) All inspirational business dullards from Jay Shetty to Richard Branson have literally nothing to say other than just, you know, a justification of why the fact that... I disagree. I... I think Jay Shetty has a lot to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, it, it, he certainly says a lot. Um, I mean, and what I like to do with Jay Shetty is uh, I like to imagine that he is Bane from the new Batman series, um, and that uh, because a lot of his tweets, like I've got, one, I've got one here, and it's just, it's if this was in the if this was in the Dark Knight Rises, it would be it would be classic Bane. Fear comes from a lack of knowledge. Accelerate your learning. Eliminate your fear. God, it's important yes. to figure out who you are not in order to figure out who you are. Um, so we got a contribution from a listener of the show um, who wanted to remain anonymous. And it was so bizarre that I had to... I was on the tube when I got this. And I got out of the tube, st- like tube station three stops from where I was going because I had to look at it and process it and then find a place of Wi-Fi so I could send it all to you. Um, and that was really difficult because Bond Street Station is very patchy. What are you doing at Bond Street? Are you like secretly rich? I've got to, I've got, I've got to go buy like Christmas presents. <laughs> um, anyway, it's the, the so, classic Hussein Bond Street Wi-Fi riff that we have. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that when you're walking around the tube station as a brown man with a big backpack, um, and you're on your phone, like. People do get scared. Everyone just says Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to be like, officer. And you you keep muttering to yourself about the kafir. (laughs) (laughs) Not a terrorist, just tweeting. (laughs) Just shit posting. Just just shit posting online. Anyway, so we got this contribution from a listener who um, worked at a company that Jay was linked to um, or associated with. And what he said was shit you not when i was there jay um went on a way went on an away day and he made a thousand analysts meditate as urban monks what is an urban monk <laughs> what is it what is an urban monk <laughs> wait is, there, is it a monk who needs not. to pull up his pants and learn to code <laughs> Um, it, it's a it's a monk whatever, who's into a grime, I'm doing which it anyway. is now cool. Uh, and even Tory MPs are trying to be be cool with it. I mean, that's that's what it really is. It's kind of it's a, it's this like nonsensical term, which was like Jay decided that because you know. So the origins of the origins of Mister Chessy also come from another listener who knew him from uh, the some, the place where they lived in North London together, and she told us that um, he used like he was part of this kind of very well-to-do like middle-class Asian families um, who you know they used to like go around Harrow Town Centre pretending to be like bad boys. Uh, but making sure they get home at ten o'clock, um, so that their mothers didn't know that they had girlfriends. Um, <laughs> relatable. <laughs> um, so what ended up happening was that like Jay just did what every other like rich North Asian, you know, rich like North London Asian kid did, which was he went to university, got like a fairly you know mediocre degree, mm. but instead of deciding to go become like an analyst and like getting married like everyone else, he decided to go become quote unquote a monk. Um, so he basically just went on a gap year. Right. <laughs> um, what religion is he a monk of? <laughs> just, it's it's a religion that you actually probably wouldn't have heard of because it's, 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 it's success win mindset. All of the cassocks have box logos. <laughs> yeah, he is, Jay Shetty is a monk of mindset. He's a really mindset. He's he, a mindset expert. He was he was trained by he was trained by this very mm-hmm. famous monk um, who only went by the name of Sir Novich. <laughs> <laughs> Who who is so exclusive? He hangs up on reporters. (laughs) So it just seems that he basically just he was trained by Steven Seagal himself. (laughs) So so he so he took he took this like mindset bollocks, came back to London, and then somehow convinced Ariana Huffington. Yeah, so she so he just like hung out with Ariana Huffington, got some sort of job at the Huffington Post, but no one was quite sure what that job was. But it was sort of bizarre that, like, the time that he kind of was working oh, for Huffington Oh, he's Road. not the other one. Well, do you, like... Um, what, begins other? with an S, so... There's another one. There's another guy whose job was just hanging around. 
Oh, that's not, that's way too vague. Never <laughs> you're describing like every yeah, millennial. You're describing like half of the current cabinet with that. Shingi. Who's, who's Shingi? You don't know who Shingi is? I don't know who Shingi is. Shingi. That sounds like a disease. Shingi. Digital prophet? You don't know who what the shit? You don't know who Shingi is. Shingi. Holy fuck, how do we not know about this? Oh, I'm AOL. I'm AOL's digital prophet. So maybe, maybe every large sort of new media internet company has a guy. <laughs> just wow. sort of like. Okay, so like that's the thing. The listeners of Trash Future are going to come on a journey with us as we discover who Shingi is. Wow. So I'm on Google Images right now and. I can't believe you've not heard of Shingi. No. It's not clear what he does. <laughs> I've read like really long pieces about him. He mostly has his can't... mouth open. But basically, I like hoover up Shingy content. I still have no <laughs> idea what the point of him is. David Shingy. He's an in-office <laughs> There is like no point to it. It's just sort of... But how'd you get that gig? How'd you get... Like, like did you just rock up to San Francisco like? Well, I think, I, th- I think it's like sort of symptomatic of this kind of weird tech journalism culture, right? Where, you know, this whole, like, the whole, like, mindset thing is really dominant. So it's like, hey, like, you, you guys don't need to, like, join a union or, like, bother with collective bargaining. Because the only collective bargaining you have to deal with is the bargaining with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Zip, suck, yeah. hoodie. You and walk, suck, <laughs> Um... <laughs> You don't need a union. You just need to be alpha. Oh. <laughs> and that's really what it is. It's just like, you know, this is the playbook for people who just adopt guerrilla mindset mm. with like less, you know, sexist terms, right? So, that, yeah, the, the main thing I've heard, I've got a friend who lives um, in San Francisco and they were telling me that all the big um, tech people go to um, like BDSM sex parties with like really expensive kit. <laughs> Wi-Fi connection strap-on. <laughs> oh, of course wow. they do. I mean, no offense to any listeners who are in, I just know something deeply unsexy about like elaborate sex costumes. As someone, as yeah, like, it's... as the Volcel of the <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm removing myself from this conversation. It's entirely too contrived, I'll agree. It's, just... it's Riley reminding people once again that he does uh, comma fuck. It's one of those women oh, okay. you hear so much about I meant um. I was I was I was actually transitioning to some of the content beyond Jay Shetty. Didn't Insp- mean- inspirational it just biz- happens on this show. Inspirational. No, it, I mean you know what? People sometimes have sex. <laughs> and I, I've heard it happen. Well, I have been to sex parties. I have, ne- <laughs> I have never I've never had sex. Actually, were you just like the chaperone? The one yeah. who was I was making sure that everyone was okay. Uh, I did have sex, but I did not inhale. <laughs> I'd like to move on to a thing, but first I'd like to refill my. Me too. And Abby's absent. So while Riley's away, I get to lead the show. So we're so to- is it so dumb that even though I know Crypto Kitties is a stupid nothing thing, part of me's like, oh, it's cats, and that's how they get you. Yeah, that's how they get you. Oh, cats. Um. And that's how the that's how the future economy is going to be run. It's going to be run on like cats, and you know, we may think that Buzzfeed's about to crumble, but it's going to be run on people being superficially reassured by the like cutesy aspects of deeply terrifying. I mean, things. maybe that's what's going to happen to Buzzfeed. Like once it gets rid of all its journalists, it's just going to become like a depository for crypto kisses. <laughs> <laughs> pivot to crypto. Pivot to crypto. Pivot to cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> I personally can't wait for Trash Future to pivot to cats. <laughs> no, but okay. So the, the, the basics of what we're talking about here is that on the um, on the uh, on the Ethereum blockchain network. Um, Hell yeah, that doesn't sound fascist. Yeah, it, it does sound pretty. It, it, it's going to enable some fascism. Um, it's already enabling fascism. That's absolutely the case. Uh, a company has created a platform called Crypto Kitties. Which is cute. Which is really cute and bay and like a trading card company and really like uh, awkward <laughs> and lovely. And uh, Crypto Kitties are basically just pictures of cats um, that have. Uh, eyes and bodies and backgrounds and stuff. 
origin stories. Yeah, and and and, and little captions uh, <laughs> generated by a company called Axiom Zen or something similar. Um, but the issue is, is look, we like Bitcoin is weird. I think we have to have a more detailed episode talking about Bitcoin. But CryptoKitties, well, it's on a crypt like a like a blockchain network. Is like a weird beanie baby offshoot of cryptocurrency. The, the pictures of the cats are worth a hundred grand. Some apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yes. There are some pictures of cats, which are essentially like lines of code on this blockchain network, that have sold for a um, hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Normal. It's regular. Yeah, it's it's a no- regular economy. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Uh, crypto kitties is just cryptocurrency becoming anime. And so we've got, we've got, we got this article open in front of us at the moment, um, which is essentially just saying that crypto kitties are a collectible code line of code, essentially. Um, and the rarity, what's interesting to me about this is that the rarity of each crypto kitty is determined socially entirely. Uh-huh. For example, a crypto kitty with a gold background or certain colored eyes or, or a leopard print coat is considered rarer and is therefore more valuable. And people have started paying upwards of $100,000 <laughs> for the rarest possible crypto kitties, which again are lines of code that off of a blockchain resolve into an image of a cartoon cat on your web browser normal fine (laughs) yeah i mean you know like i want the human race to survive on the one hand but on the other hand i really don't think we deserve to i mean isn't this is a lot like like pokemon cards when like mew was a thing it's totally beanie babies yeah it's it's crypto beanie babies yeah Uh uh-huh so it's less like mew cards and it's more like people are paying a hundred thousand dollars for a shiny very similar. Hey, so I, I had a um, shiny Charizard shared with my brother, <laughs> and he took it. He took it to a birthday party and shared it for a bag of and traded it for a bag of Weedles, and I resented him for a bag wow. of weed or a bag Ruff, of a bag we- of Weedles. That's not weed. Yeah, it's not weed. <laughs> not as good at all. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I if have. If you'd have got a bag of weed for it, that would have been more jokes. I resented him for maybe like two decades now. <laughs> Do you think that's going to like happen with like this generation what, and just crypto kitties? It's it. Well, it's just entirely possible. It for what? Like a, just like re- I resent you for like getting this line of code that generated a golden cat. Well, that's the thing is that um, uh, Jordan Pearson on Vice did an interview with the crypto kitties people, and he asked a few questions that I think are oddly uh, telling. I, I'm not going to sort of fully quote the article here, but essentially the way crypto kitties monetizes is that it sell it, it originates kitties almost like mining bitcoin no so basically they they have they have like a a, a subroutine that releases a new crypto kitty every 15 minutes right with largely random characteristics um and in effect they they sell them for i think like 12 dollars it's just stupid of course it's stupid but like for- the future is dumb <laughs> it's just or maybe the future is trash. <laughs> Does it, is, it, is it killing the environment like Bitcoin? Yep. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yep. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. So I think. I mean, like, I, I, going back to my previous take, the human race destroying itself by becoming overly obsessed with trading virtual cats <laughs> would be the most poetically fitting end to this whole mess. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I want to be against it, but on some level, I just I can't say it's a bad thing. Milo Edwards, accelerationist. <laughs> the, the, the current grid that runs. <laughs> yeah, just like. The current grid that runs Bitcoin uses more energy than the entire country of Brazil. One of, one of the interesting <laughs> things on these like conspiracy theory threads are people who are like still um, saying that no, Bitcoin is going to collapse and you need to put all your money in gold and them sounding like the most sensible people in the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, you know, I know that you have a swastika yeah. as you're at Avi, but actually maybe you make a point. Well, I'm, I'm going to say Bitcoin is going to collapse. I'm putting all my money in gold crypto. <laughs> they have inherent rarity. Well, is it, is it, isn't that like the plot of the big short too? Is it in this article? Um, 
And then it, Electric Boogaloo. In this article, Jordan Jordan Pearson asks, How much have you made from selling kitties? And the company says, I can't comment on that. Surprisingly. <laughs> Maybe this was <laughs> I can't comment on that. Holy shit. Fucking Holy shit. Maybe, Maybe this was the company that offered Jay Shetty a million how much pounds. Is, like, how much is the cheapest kitty? Can we buy a kitty for the show? We buy like a, a trash future <laughs> kitty that just hates everyone. <laughs> I mean, it would take longer than we have on the recording, but yes, in general, we can. Okay. Um, they say I oh can't comment God. on that. This is oh, fuck. But you can follow sales at kittysales.herouhayapp.com. We take three point seven five percent of every transaction. Um. And also, we sell kitties every 15 minutes. I've just got, I've got a stupid thing in my brain that says, because it's cats, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Getting lots of rough brain in your diet is always So the, the most expensive uh, kitty ever sold was sold yesterday on December 7th um, at $117,532.05. Hey, we, we can get one for $20. It just won't be fuck, as good. Fucking hell. Like it's someone sold this for the price of a down payment on a, a house. house. Yeah, Who's buying it? He's but he thinks that he's like this but, will make me more money in the future. Maybe it's our good friend Sean O'Grady. <laughs> <laughs> Sean O'Grady, angry that millennials have too much money, <laughs> sitting in the uh, sitting in the office, it, of the using all the money he saved on not paying for millennials. Or maybe it is to buy. He said <laughs> transitioning to one other topic he wanted to hit in the first segment. I might, I might pitch the new avocado taste article. Millennials are wasting their money on crypto. Kitty. Yeah, you should do it. Can we, can we start our own uh, <laughs> blockchain trading thing called like Crypto crypto Sean O'Grady, where we create a new Sean O'Grady every 15 minutes with like randomized dad opinions. <laughs> um, and then you can like breed, you can breed your Sean O'Grady's together to create a new and rare one. <laughs> oh yeah, rail cards are making Rail cards Sharia. are the real fascists. I know. <laughs> <laughs> speaking speaking of like journalists with terrible opinions, has anyone seen anything from John Rental recently? Oh, John Rental's stick is like just so, pretending so. to forget what words mean for Same. reasons that are <laughs> obvious only to himself. I'm, I'm going to pull up this yeah. tweet just well, so, so we can be... That's, in a move that's very on brand for me, I don't actually really know who this person is other than through the discussion we've had about him in our, like, trash YouTube. <laughs> and I he, went on his Twitter to try and work out who he... he I went on his Twitter to try and work Tony out who Blair. he is and I genuinely couldn't. Like, I was like, he seems to be, like, a, like, new Labour blair eye. But then I was scrolling through and he keeps, like, retweeting Boris Johnson. And I'm like, what, yeah, what is, your, Labour is, what is your take he, he, like, I can't even work out what your standpoint he was is. Once a Accused of running the alt account Tony Blair fan, but I don't know if anyone ever sort no. of confirmed was, it. So what, what was what was what did the alt account do? It was called Tony Blair fan, and it had opinions on Tony Blair lovers and Tony Blair. <laughs> oh, he retweets Tim Montgomery. That should tell you everything yeah. you need to know. These are all, all my friends in the media. <laughs> Yeah, he basically, the John Rental's thing is pretending that he doesn't know what the word neoliberalism means as a method of defeating well, let, let, Jeremy let's, Corbyn. Let's, let's scroll to his actual tweet before we describe it. We're going to probably edit this bit out. So what John Rental tweets, and, and I'll <laughs> say this initially, is that Jeremy Corbyn uh, makes a speech that is an, on, quote, toward a post-neoliberal world order. I, does anyone under, else understand all of the words there? I, I, I'm managing to understand the words. Post, neoliberal, world, if, order. If you put Rebuilding it Rebuilding human rights-based multilateralism. If you put it into a Ben Garrison cartoon, I might understand it. <laughs> so rebuilding human yeah. rights based multilateralism but, but the, the magic the magic of the John Rental Twitter account is that he's also retweeted someone who's just written a poem in the shape of a Christmas <laughs> what? tree what? Like, John Rental is like, like this man has no brand there is no brand here at all it's just random it's like it's like a, he's like a Markov chain that's been made into a person <laughs> But the thing is, he's I not feel like Riley will laugh at anything which contains the words Markov. <laughs> I, love the, I love the Markov chain joke. The issue is, the other issue is that I'm worried that John Rental is not getting enough protein. And when I get up from my coffin at night, I always start with Brain Force Plus. <laughs> <laughs>
And with that, I think it's time to go into our trademark break. <laughs> and we'll see you all on the other side. Things go so quiet in the absence of Riley. Yes. The, the Imagine if it was just all three of us. Character. I know. Imagine what a serene podcast it would be. It's like, so today on the news. <laughs> Brexit. Today on the Stalin was black, actually. <laughs> podcast. Wait, that's what it'll be. It'll be like, it'll be like a Monocle 24. Such it'll be a Monocle 24 style podcast, but it'll be called Stalin was actually black. <laughs> I mean, just like start it off just like, like a chud. Yeah, I mean, it's true. John, John Rental did pretend <laughs> he didn't know what like the world's like, words like <laughs> word or world or order meant. <laughs> brain, brain genius. Brain genius. Brain genius Dracula, John Rental. <laughs> but in this case, the galaxy brain is actually just a brain made of those galaxy chocolate bars that they have like at the till in a corner shop. All of his haters were, were kind of insisting that he was quite smart and understood what words were. And he was just like, no, I absolutely do not understand. And I was like, no, we know you're clever. We know you, we know you can understand. <laughs> Come on, you can, at least, you can at least know what human rights are. John Rental, please learn to read. <laughs> <laughs> there's like an there's like an alternate reality where the Serbian guy didn't drink the poison and he just began arguing that you can't commit genocide if you don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> the final Jaeger bomb was one of many Jaeger bombs. <laughs> All right, so we have a couple sources of hashtag content left uh, before we put down the microphones and get like properly drunk. Um, one of which is this article that I, it was Abby or Hussein. One of you guys sent this to me. I don't remember. One of you guys sent this to the D group DM, <laughs> which is that uh, Silicon Valley is sneaking models into this year's oh, holiday parties. Yeah. Yeah, that was Hussein. Hussein. <laughs> this is Hussein. <laughs> of course it was fucking they're, uh, they're tiny Gundam wing replicas. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, I mean, that, I, I mean, that's what's going to happen at the trash future Christmas party, right? <laughs> We're going to sneak models in. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to uh, be us making Gundam wing rock. Well, fuck, I can't speak. Making Gundam wing replicas while um, listening to uh, Take a Knee, My Ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, um, the bottom line is essentially that um, Northern Californian modeling agencies are seeing record numbers of requests for a beautiful, quote, guests at tech holiday parties, um, despite the fact that the tech industry is famously rife with sexual harassment. I, Nothing could go wrong. I just don't know how you don't notice. Like, how, how do you show up to the party at your, like, 90% male companies? Like, it's fucking oh. supermodels. Yeah. Oh, Abby, exactly. like it. Yeah. It's like an Arrested Development episode, basically, isn't it? It's like getting all these models to show up at like a fucking Uber party. It's like getting a load of seals to show up at like Buster's birthday party or something. <laughs> oh, because Abby... And then Michael Blue. Unfortunately, like, oh, I have no. an answer for you as to how that happens. Okay. That the models have all been given names as to who they know in the company. <laughs> oh, so they're like guests, guests of employees. Yeah, they're all guests. It's like Ted's, guests. Ted's hot model friends. I'm like Ted's oh. extraordinarily like sexy friend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can't touch me, or it's two hundred dollars. They're deep. They're deep cover. They're like uh, they're like a James O'Keefe. It's like ring yeah. that tip jar up. I mean, like the most kind of surreal thing about this was that this was literally a storyline from like silicon valley season one right like the first fucking scene of si silicon valley season one involves a bunch of tech dickheads going to this party wearing togas where they're trying to flirt with these good-looking women only to eventually find out that oh we were models and we were paid by, by the be, i'd be more surprised if they weren't doing it yeah 
Yeah, I mean, look, you've got to make a living in, <laughs> in, uh, in this world. And, you know, if you can do that by talking to nerds, you know. Oh, you no, 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 judgment. But most of the I mean, to be honest, kind of that's what you're doing currently, <laughs> talking to nerds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Not true. currently earning any money. <laughs> this is basically like, this is like, it's like Wolf of Wall Street for nerds, isn't it? Like at least, it, at least, like the Wall Street days, they were open about the prostitutes that they'd hired to be at the party. Here, it's like, no, the nerds can't <laughs> handle the idea. We have to tell them that the women are there because they really like them. <laughs> tell me, tell me more about your blockchain. That's the thing is that the essence of the nerds is incredibly annoying because these are all people to whom I, the owner of a relatively competitive Magic the Gathering yeah. deck, desperately want to give a swirly. Yeah. <laughs> Like in all series, the problems with like nerd supremacy is they think because they suffered in school that they have a right to do whatever they fuck they want. Is that yeah, a, fuck that. Ha, ha, yeah, as, as a former libertarian teen nerd, you can probably like. <laughs> we haven't we haven't um, introduced the trash future listeners to my past yet. To origin story, and I'm sure the Riley origin story will come up at some point. Relatively shortly. All I'm saying is that some of us joined Al Qaeda and some of us went but, to like became libertarian. Yeah. But they're just like, oh f- fuck, single mums. At least they got laid, sort of. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. this attitude of like. Yeah, I was actually in SEAL Team Six. <laughs> <laughs> I do even hear that. <laughs> what I what I always love is that, is the sort of extreme assurances that the uh, agencies give that this this. Isn't prostitution, which I should almost say, like, sex work is real work. It's good. It it's probably just... is. It probably is sex work sometimes. But, like, if sex work is real work and it, it, we should protect sex workers, it's we should not protect people exploiting sex workers. Um, we were, no, one should, no one should be put in a situation where they think they're just, like, making chat and... Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of these, a lot of these women who do this stuff, they're kind of like. Oh, yeah. A lot of the arguments against sex work are just arguments against work. It's like, oh yeah, well, a lot of these women work in quite bad conditions, and like, uh, you know, they they don't they don't always get paid right, or so they get treated badly. But and it's like, well, go off, oh boy, you're gonna let me tell you about this thing called capitalism because <laughs> well, well, you're yeah, gonna but, shit I mean, yourself. Yeah, sex workers work and works awful. I mean, I mean, I imagine that most of the women who do this are kind of like jobbing actresses or yeah. You yeah. Know, Jobbing musicians or but, something like but that. But it will put them in a situation where there will be, you know, it's probably as like tough. Yeah, it's like yeah. In- entitled predatory male nerds who have held resentments that they got a swirly when they were 16 years old by the guy. And they hate women. They hate women because women laugh at them. When they women turn really them down. hate women. As someone who women still laugh at. <laughs> 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 you know, I could say false cell, false cell, false cell, not incel. Who say false cell? Not all men. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, I have to be very careful when introducing myself. Um, so, in the same way that people are very eager to introduce themselves as vegans, I'm very in- eager to introduce myself as voluntary cel- celibate. <laughs> <laughs> and just leave it at that. <laughs> I do eat beef, but I won't fuck it. <laughs> no. no, so basically, a bunch of like sort of nerds who've described themselves as damaged because they weren't popular in high school now have to get exposed within a already a culture that's like famous for sexual harassment to do holiday parties with um, a bunch of models who are going to say up, 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 no touching. Yeah. And so that's going to go fine, right? <clears throat> Um, who who else oh, had a no. great take they're, about they're, they're cucking who else the had nerds. a great take about holiday parties today? <laughs> I love I love holiday parties. Holiday parties are comma good. Um, <laughs> wait, did I have a take on holiday parties? Yeah, I'm subtweeting everyone in Accenture right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey. So shout out to our boy Sam Dis, um, who is comma good and also featured on The Apprentice this week. If you watch The Apprentice. Um, so he did a tweet which basically said that the whole of the UK is currently filled with boozy, um, boozy men who all wear the same salmon pink colored TM Lewis shirt. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the other bet? And then, then they've all got their Christmas jumpers from Amazon Prime. Yeah. And have all been trying to sort a gram of Coke for like a week. So this is pretty much, so this, so this is pretty much describing every kind of management consultant in London. Um, as, 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 as one of our hosts who may or may not none have been us, associated. None of us are in management consulting is the thing. No one on this table is associated with management consulting. Um, so, and the funny no thing on Sam- this podcast would be involved in management consulting or the taking of recreational drugs. That is <laughs> no, we don't do any of that. No. Um, so that was my take on Christmas parties, which is that they are all filled with people who work in management consulting firms who all do blow in bathrooms. They all wear the same salmon pink colored shirt. Yeah, but they don't even and like do big deep. lines. They do like three bumps and then give the rest away to like people they meet who are like inspiring. How, how, how do you know how management consultants do their drugs at Christmas parties? You seem parties? to like know a lot about management consultants. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, they're the gal <laughs> the toilet cubicle. Like, oh, you're so inspiring. <laughs> I work I'm in make, management consulting, but the real heroes are you. Have a key of this kettle. Him in. <laughs> so, so my my, fa- my favorite thing about going to Christmas parties is that I get to do my Christmas party trick. Do you know what the trick is? Uh, what is it? it? Right, so I go into a room full of um, people who are enjoying themselves. So like, guys, <laughs> <laughs> sit, 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 sit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I forgot that this is a sex podcast. Anyway, no, they're all, they're, all, they're all talking, and I'm saying, guys, sit down on the floor and just meditate. <laughs> That's my party trick. Are you doing it? Wait, isn't <laughs> Riley's that... actually on the floor right now meditating? Um, so thanks to our boy Jay Shetty for that. Um, Jay, you're good, and I hope. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I mean, anyway, um, Hussein. I did actually go to a Christmas party. You went yesterday. to a Christmas party? This is, this is a good segue into the next segment um, of a certain digital media company called uh, BuzzFeed. Oh, um, oh, I bet that was fun. Yes. I was really hoping it was going to be the Essex police round up the black people. I bet it was party. fun. And then an email came through and then it wasn't. No, I bet it was fun because everyone would just be... No, well, c- c- everyone got the email as they were on the way to the Christmas party. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can imagine. So this, the, the, the history of that happened behind this, we've talked about this on the show before. And as I've mentioned before, like there are only certain things I can say thanks to non-disclosure agreements. But the stuff that is... it in my ear and I'll say them. There was that time when that editor did smack in the office. Um, So, um, the things that are in public domain, BuzzFeed UK are cutting, um, they're cutting, they were cutting 20 members of staff after the main office in America wasn't, didn't meet its revenue targets to go public. Um, That number extended to 45 people this week and BuzzFeed staffers were notified of this an hour before their Christmas party. The Christmas party... Normal and regular. Yes. The Christmas party was is usually organized by the office and the office will usually book a like a good venue and they'll put up a spread and everything this time around the office basically said we'll give you a small subsidy to organize your own christmas party because we didn't feel that it was good optics to do that effectively weird weird but also normal and fine so a christmas party at buzzfeed uk 2017 was really lots of people sitting around in a circle drinking and um well getting really hammered and trying not to cry um so why, why is that essentially well that's because you know they're gutting their whole news team because media's dying and because media's dying but also because as we've said on the show i don't know if this was in the outtakes but buzzfeed uk is probably like once it gets rid of all its editorial stuff this is probably going to become like a depository for like crypto kisses yeah all, all news is going to be sponsored by like Carlsberg yeah. or oh the you were trying <laughs> you were trying to help me with the next segment great okay cool yeah so one of the models that BuzzFeed could take, and it hasn't, like in the article that we referenced, like BuzzFeed was one of the websites that didn't do this, but that's not to necessarily say that they probably won't in the future, um, is this new phenomenon of um, unpaid contributing writers promoting material. Yeah, is, this I, is something it's, it's, I wanted to get into. Um, so this was on this was, big size all around. Oh, I love I love not paying people for the so work. So this was on Vanity do. Fair. No, this was on the outline. Sorry, it was tweeted by our friend Maya Kossoff, who works at Vanity Fair. Friend of the show, Maya Kossoff. Follow her on Twitter, <laughs> M E Kossoff. Um, and the title of the article is "How Brands Secretly Buy Their Way Into Forbes, Fast Company, and HuffPost Stories." HuffPost being 
the former employment of our boy Jay Shetty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our, our actual, our personal Jesus, Jay Shetty. <laughs> um, and so the article, like the article is pretty long, but like the general summary is that news brands have kind of like, or editors and news brands have been communicating with um, PRs of like companies or like from companies directly to uh, run articles or run kind of features um, basically promoting products without like, like, advertorial that's not marked as advertorial I guess that, yeah. Yeah, that's a simple yeah, way yeah. Monocle invented advertorial as far as I'm aware what, what an achievement <laughs> yeah no great hey maybe there's another great this, this podcast is actually an advertorial for Jay Shetty <laughs> well, um, maybe, maybe this is another like wonderful candidate for yeah. trebuchet into the sea <laughs> but the, th- the thing about the thing about this model because like I think the advertorial stuff and like the non kind of marked advertorial that's been a debate that's been running around in Britain, like in digital media, like for the past few years. Um, the thing this article sort of shows is how covert, yeah, this yeah. is. So, like, you know, CAM so, do it as well, yeah. Um, so, how covert can it be? So, in advertorial <laughs> secret, so in, one of, so in one of the examples, um, the writer emailed um, one of the authors at Forbes to ask, like, why, like, if he was kind of doing like this non disclosed PR. Uh, or like you know, it's like hushed up. PR. So before before we continue, can we say like largely the culprits in this are Forbes, Huffington Post. Yeah. So the things the the the, the organizations named in this article, the Huffington Post, Forbes. Um, isn't the I think the Wall Street Journal is mentioned in this, but I'm not sure. Oh, CM, CM does have the contribution network. I yeah. don't know yeah. if it's. So there's just yeah. please. Can, I, so I want I want people to understand what we're talking about. I think I think like the closest because I'm guessing most listeners yeah. will be more associated with the Huffington Post. But yeah. Basically, so. Someone writes, someone writes an article and you think they're giving their sincere opinion and yeah. they're actually being paid by a company to say something's good. We really could have done with Uber yes. <laughs> on this show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uber, Uber Butler, who hopefully will be on next week, um, who basically just like blew this whole thing like wide open with his article this week about how he turned his shed into like the number one restaurant in london thanks to TripAdvisor, and also how the internet is comma yeah. bad um, <laughs> so the thing that like the, i guess the thing that people can most associate with is the huffington post stuff in that anyone who has ever written online has probably written for the huffington post yeah um because it's so easy to do uh jay shetty I, actually was a major huffington post contributor yes um and i was jay, also jay shetty who advocates which means, um, nothing Jay Shetty, who advocates, you know, being moral and sticking to your principles and not encouraging right. gambling. And also, like, you know, rehabilitating yeah. Michael Milken, the greatest, like, financial yeah. criminal in U.S. history. So, so the, also. Huff- the Huffington Post has always sort of been yeah. known for doing, like, for running contributor things. Um, so we don't pay people to, like, produce, like, to do the content. They have very, they don't really have a screening process. When I used to do, like, stuff for the Huffington Post on the contributor blogs network, like, they would very rarely edit anything. So you'd, like end up publishing a piece of a ton of typos. Um, this has gotten the Huffington Post into trouble a fair few times. Sounds to me like you're just lazy. Yes, maybe. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't have success mindset. Fact check your own articles and also represent yourself in court. And to be honest, like the Huffington stated on this podcast previously. The Huffington Post has had problems with this. They've had to take blogs down before because they've let stuff run that has obviously been like attack like personal attacks on people or like have libeled people. And like these are kind of like teenagers or like, you know, people in their early twenties who know nothing about like libel law and stuff, right? So this is the network that these kind of advertorial people are coming from. Now in one of the screenshots. Um, which is to Katie Natopoulos at BuzzFeed. I'm just pulling it up now. One of these PRs kind of says something along the lines of, um, hi, Katie, is it possible to hire you? Now, Katie works at BuzzFeed as okay. a journalist. Is it possible to hire you to write something in BuzzFeed or elsewhere? It's tech-based and newsworthy, dot, dot, dot. Mm. Um, a new brand slash product launch by Vodafone aimed at under 25s. Um, to give this kind, to give them more data. The Casey replies, "Sorry, you can't pay me to write for something at BuzzFeed, but if you think it's useful, why don't you pitch something to my email?" Um, the PR responds, "Okay, thanks, Katie. I'll get something across to you. Do you write for anywhere else? Also, um, and is there any way that we could hire you for coverage on a side?" Uh, pitching for stuff on BuzzFeed. So Casey responds back saying, yes, you can hire me to write a story about whatever you want for the New York Times for $10,000. That's their going rate. And this PR goes, oh, wow, dot, dot, dot. I'm a little bit out of budget, unfortunately. Sad face emoji. I guess we'll have to work with the pitching part. 
Um, so I think that like summarizes the whole. Lot. I've been I've been offered money to write about things for like IPRs before. What stuff have you been offered? I don't even like just fucking products. Okay. Like just like I don't remember like like yeah. a dating a dating app. I yeah. think is the one. I think like so when you when you're like a fairly well known because I've had this too, but it's mostly yeah. been with vape companies. <laughs> <laughs> so like one time I made this joke about being like the king of vapes in Westminster or something like that and like this vape company liked it and then they DM me and were like hey can we send you like a bunch of our new products for you to review I don't vape and like every time I try to I end up like having a coughing fit but I was like yeah sure so like there's been this massive box of vapes in my office oh Hussein you have to become a vape reviewer that is like <laughs> that's like the most on brand <laughs> thing for this podcast the point that I was, go- the point that I was gonna um, say was that if like if I got offered to review vapes I would do it uh, like I recently I get offered sometimes to like get free stuff sent to me from Instagram from like Russian companies that they they never offer me any money they just offer me free shit and I'm like I don't want this <laughs> they recently the weirdest one I got recently was someone offered me like uh uh, like unspecified handmade leather products <laughs> if I were to post about them on Instagram <laughs> and I was like uh I don't don't know if I need those. And another person who just offered to send me desserts in the post if I like put a picture of me eating these desserts on Instagram. And I'm like, at this point, is that a fetish? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. So I've never had like, because I don't really use Instagram. So I've never had people say like, can you like not only use this, but take a picture of you using it at the same time. Um, but, you know, Abby, me, like other journalists who have been on, like we have been approached by people to kind of, and given free shit and everything. And there is like a discussion around the ethics around that. But the difference here is that like, these are journalists and these are editors who are being offered money, some of whom are taking it to basically run these under the guise of actual journalism at a time when like, you know, trust in media is like at an all time low. I feel like that's going to be the thing is people aren't going to like trust anything they read. So they just pick a favorite reality, which might be like well, this is why the I dumbest only read. reality. I mean, that's why I only read, I, I only read Shonen jump so yeah <laughs> I, only, I, I only read games workshops white dwarf actually actually the the oh shit what are mm. they called um the space marines the space I, marines I, are I, liberals my mum's a little like that like she she doesn't she doesn't she decided she didn't trust the msm entirely uh-huh. legitimately so i mean she yeah. just trusts the wildest conspiracy websites yeah you've ever like well i mean i Here's the thing. Today, on the day of recording, Ian Miles Chong, noted oh boy. intersectionalist, <laughs> um, posted a picture of Donald Trump dressed up as the god emperor of mankind from Warhammer 40,000. And I was like, I mean, I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, the god emperor of mankind in Warhammer 40,000 survives on the sacrifice of a million innocents a day. He rules a sort of, you know religiously re- religiously driven fascistic globe spanning like not globe spanning universe spanning empire in order to hold bay the forces of chaos for no other reason than cuz so, yeah it's you know, trump he and that miles Trump like was Murdoch. right <laughs> he's a centrist liberal i think <laughs> that gives that gives trump way too much agency <laughs> more, like, more like ian meltel's trump Chong, is a right? idiot <laughs> he, uh... <laughs> Ian Ian Mouse Chong decided to um, harass me on the internet for being a hypocrite. Um, for being wait, a- really, Abby? Someone decided to harass you on the internet? No, he, I was a I was a hypocrite because I I wrote about being a sexual violence victim, and then two days later, a, a friend of mine was exposed as a sexual harasser. And Ian Miles Chong was like, hey. He's like, I, yeah. I'm, he's, I'm like, gonna, he's like, I'm going to prove how much I respect and care about women right now. I'm going to do something. <laughs> I'm going to do something regular, normal, yeah. and respectful. <laughs> and he's like, Abby, you're tweeting about sexual assault and you think you're so smart, but I bet you don't even know the first thing about Estonian folk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, we're at an hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> he's a horrible little worm. Yeah, Ian Miles Chong, come on Trash View. <laughs> <laughs> Show yourself, coward. Just like, just like, just like a lot of those comics portray Antifa as like firm buttocked, just yeah. sexy motherfuckers. A lot of them portray Ian Miles Chong as normal looking and with good teeth. <laughs> but Ian Miles Chong, I would fucking crush you in real life, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, emails strong. Come on, that. trash future. Anyway, and it won't be sexy, and you won't. I hear my bell ring. <laughs> Shall we say goodbye, motherfuckers? Bye. Bye. Means testing is good. Goodbye, everyone. Later, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>